episode number 116 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Welcome to High Impact Leaders. I'm your host, Doug Standard of the Leaders Institute, and our goal is to help you build strong teams while growing a successful business. On this episode, I'm going to share with you one of the real secrets uh, to success that a lot of people don't really understand, and it's about how to avoid what we call complacency. A lot of times when we're complacent, it causes causes us to kind of stick with the status quo. And what we find is that the people who are the most successful are the folks who are always bucking the system, the folks who are always looking to improve. And if you kind of create that mindset, you can improve your success level pretty dramatically. By the way, the episode is brought to you by the Leaders Institute. And for details about leadership development or how to create a team culture, visit our website at leadersinstitute.com. And if you have any questions or comments for me, you can always tweet me at Doug Stannard or contact me via my website at leadersinstitute.com. All right, so let's get on with today's podcast. So the topic today is complacency, seven surprising ways that your past successes have a way of actually limiting your future success. So the word complacent may just be, uh, it, as far as, uh, from what I've seen anyway in my career, it could be the biggest enemy of success. And in fact, I've kind of noticed that if you look at history, as well as the current business climate, you'll find that the past successes almost always limit future success. They invite the status quo to kind of plateau. Um, That is unless you're constantly looking for new ways to improve yourself and your organization. I have to admit, I've been both the beneficiary of capitalizing on other people's complacency as well as being the dupe who became complacent and then missed out on fantastic opportunities. The former is much better as an FYI, but perhaps you'll be able to learn from you know both my successes and my failures so that you can identify the opportunities in your own industry when they when they come about. Maybe even recognize the warning signs and and kind of create the break those bad habits. So let me kind of give you the quick little definition of complacent. Um, it's the the this is what the dictionary kind of say it is marked by self satisfaction especially when accompanied by unawareness of actual dangers or deficiencies. We have a self-satisfaction. It's like we're happy with where we're at and we're unaware that there is actual danger and deficiency lurking around the bin. Uh, so the, let me, I'll kind of go over, let me give you a quick overview of the seven things I'm going to cover in the episode And then I'll go into each one of them in a little bit more detail. So these are the seven things that we're going to cover. Um, Number one is stagnation in the marketplace is often caused by complacency. So it's basically when when it's it's the number one thing that causes companies or people to to get stagnant in what they're doing. Um, The second one that we're going to cover is hunger for success causes us to look for opportunities. So you have to, you can't be stagnant. You have to be hungry for that next opportunity. Uh, The third one is the bigger the ship, the more time it takes to steer away from danger. So the bigger your organization becomes or the bigger your success becomes, 
the much more difficult it is to kind of see the dangers that are in that are that are around you and steer away from them. Uh, the next one is the skills and knowledge that we acquire to become successful actually create a perception of loss if we change. Uh, the next one is the the devil that you know is better than the devil you don't. Now, the, the last couple are kind of fun. Um, one is called the Avis, we try harder effect. <laughs> I'll kind of share with you how that that's one of those things that can kind of slip up on us and cause us to sneak into to or to slip into complacency. And then the last one, the complacency of others that allow us to succeed some sometimes envelops us as well. So we see that opportunity, we go to capitalize on it, and then we do the exact same thing that 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 we capitalize on in the first place. Um, so let's kind of go through these one by one and kind of share with you how the uh, how you can identify these things and and kind of keep them from causing you to be complacent yourself. So the first one is about stagnation in the marketplace. It's it's often caused by complacency. In the early 1900s, psychologists and self-help gurus alike, they created this theory about human potential that has been totally distorted and misunderstood to the extreme in recent years. For instance, in the foreword to Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Thomas Howell says the following. He basically is quoting Professor Professor William James of Harvard, and he said that that William James used to say that the average man develops only 10% of his latent mental ability. Now, I personally believe that this is the most misunderstood statement in all of self-help books. So the way that, and it's mainly because of the way that the old timey English that was used in that book is um, is uh, used today, latent mental abilities. So what Howell is saying is that people rarely tap into their potential. They've got a potential. They've got the opportunity to do something or say something, and then they don't. We're all capable of more than what we give ourselves credit for. However, many people read that statement and think, oh, we're only tapping into 10% of our brain power. So play, pay really close attention to this next bit because there are two those, those are two totally different statements. So the good news is to fight this, um, it, all you have to do is learn a new skill or get out of your comfort zone. Doing one or both of those things will actually help you tap into new ideas and utilize your brain's ability in new ways. But let's kind of start by explaining the misunderstanding and, and that causes that confusion. Confusion, Motivational speakers and and comic book creators <laughs> misunderstood this. So Stan Lee, the guy that's in that used to be in, all, he passed away recently, but he was in all of the uh, Marvel movies and everything did the cameo appearances. Um, he created this comic character called the Incredible Hulk. And the Incredible Hulk is the alter ego of scientist Dr. David Banner, who was trying to figure out how to tap into this dormant human power when something went totally wrong and and um, basically was trying to tap into that that latent mental ability, uh, again, it's a misunderstanding of what James was actually saying. Another misunderstanding or another another uh, way that Hollywood has kind of caused this confusion are with movies. So, like you know, a few years ago, Bradley Cooper starred in, in a movie called Limitless. They actually made it into a TV series. And a couple of years later, Scarlett Johansson starred as in Lucy. 
All of these are misinterpretations of the same theory. So what, what Howell and James were saying is that most people stop trying to develop new skills after their formal education is complete. So basically after people graduate from high school or college or get their degrees, they very rarely go out, go, go out and try to develop new skills. They, they, they very rarely go back and, and try to, to get better at anything. In reality, the failure to tap into this latent untapped potential is almost entirely complacency, what we're talking about here. Human beings will work to achieve success up to the point where they feel like we're satisfied. And then we then stop doing the things that we did to get us there and rely on our past successes. This repetitive behavior and a person's years of experience keep them comfortable in their current situation or job or role. Um, so I, I'll give you a couple of examples of how this challenge will, will appear. A, a very easy place to kind of see this in action is in a salesperson sales cycle. A new salesperson will work to prospect new clients with great vigor. Um, they're gonna go out and start calling on people and, and make, make as many calls as they can because they've got nothing else to do, right? <laughs> they often don't see a lot of success right away though. However, they will next see a trickle of new contracts come in from all of that work. They did a lot of work. They start to get a trickle of, of contracts coming in. Finally, it seems like the floodgates open and then contract after contract after contract will come in. The salesperson is rolling in commission and it's easy to kind of become complacent at this point. Eventually the sales will dry up. So to compensate, the salesperson will have to work even harder next time to refill his or her sales pipeline. So although the sales cycle example is, is obvious from an outsider looking in, many of us have similar situations in our own careers. You know, for instance, in the early days of the Leaders Institute, when I, when I started my company, I spent a lot of time working on publishing great content on my website in order to get links from other websites. And that hard work paid off and my websites ranked really, really high in search engines. And then when we finally got to the number one spot for dozens and dozens and dozens of keywords, we kind of slowed down because we were there. You know, we'd, we'd made it. We were number one. We were the top company that people would search for on, on Google. And, and But it was because of all of the work that we put in. We, we put in a ton of work to get there. And, and because of that work, we stayed at that number one spot for, for years, really. Then all of a sudden, we dropped significantly. We went from number one to like 150 or we're knocked out of the top 100. And then it took years to get back. Once we were there, if we had just kept doing what got us there, we would have stayed there. But it took it took another three or four years to get back to the, the status quo that we we're at before. Um, the lesson here is that when you accomplish a tough goal, always set a more challenging goal right away and you'll continue to grow and tap into that untapped potential without the new goals to, to work toward then your brain will gain a false sense of security and the security can be the catalyst to allow complacency to, to kind of creep in. So the second thing that you want to keep in mind about complacency is that your, your hunger for success will cause us to look for new opportunities. So this is the exact opposite of tip number one. So after I left the, left the corporate world uh, to become a professional trainer, I started my career working with a huge training company. So the company had over a thousand sales reps and over 3000 instructors worldwide. The main product that we offered to the public was a three month long leadership class. 
And, and, develop, and during that six years that I was with the company, the marketplace changed dramatically. I mean, it uh, quite a bit. So I started noticing that we were averaging fewer and fewer people going through that leadership class every single year. I also noticed that more and more people were coming through my classes saying, man, three months, this is really hard to commit to. And, so, and for three years, I begged my boss to offer more courses that had a shorter duration. And year after year, though, income just dropped in, in the company. So especially in those last few years, I had to work unbelievably hard to make sure that my income didn't suffer. I was one of the few instructors for the company who didn't see a significant cut in pay in those years. And it was because I worked much harder than anyone else. In fact, I worked harder my last year than the year before my last year. And I worked harder that year than the year before that. And I worked harder that year than the year before that. And that was the only, basically I was working harder, but making about the same amount of money every single year. So when I started the Leaders Institute and we, we, we began specializing in two-day classes, the first couple of years were tough because I was just starting out. However, after my fourth year in business, we were teaching over 300 classes every single year. The, um, the most that ever taught in a year at my previous company was five. So I went from five to 300. So my old company was complacent. They were living on their past successes. The company had been around for over 100 years and was the had the biggest in the in the world for quite a bit of, of that time. Uh, were got complacent. Whereas when I started my company, I was hungry, and within six years, my startup company was making as much revenue each year as the company that I left. And so the, the corporate culture of complacency can breed employee complacency and, and can, lead, can lead to um, disengaged employees. So just kind of keep that in mind. Interestingly, though, after a decade of fast growth, I became complacent as well, and I almost missed the next trend. So be careful for that. Sometimes the thing that sometimes when you kind of notice that somebody else is being complacent, um, that uh, and you tap in or you you do something different to to um, increase your own success. Uh, sometimes that can you can fall into the same trap that they fell into. So you got to be very very careful. So let's the third one of these of these complacency tips is that the bigger the ship, the more time it's going to take to steer away from danger. So on, back in 1982, Tom Peters and Robert uh, Waterman wrote a book called In Search of Excellence. And the, the book listed a series of case studies about, quote unquote, excellent companies. The premise was that if we did in our companies what the excellent managers and leaders and these big companies did, then we'd be successful as well. The big problem, though, is that the author, the authors didn't anticipate was complacency, 32 publicly traded excellent companies were listed in the case studies. 10 of those 32 companies have increased their success significantly in, in the last 30 years or so. Among them are companies like Intel and Walt Disney and Walmart. Three of the companies are almost at the exact same level as they were 30 years ago, little or no growth in three decades. So in 30 years, almost no growth. These companies include companies like Avon, IBM, Procter & Gamble. So basically about half of the companies have either stayed excellent or become even more excellent, but haven't really grown. A lot of them haven't really grown a lot. The rest of the, the, the entire list is 
full of companies who got complacent. So for instance, although Walmart did really well in the last 30 years, another pick in the book was Kmart. <laughs> so Kmart stuck to its tried and true direct-to-store delivery and Walmart innovated and designed a hub and spoke, an IT-focused delivery system. Uh, another company listed was Kodak. And I'm sure there were hundreds, if not thousands of employees working for Kodak in the late 80s and early 90s who were saying, yeah, maybe photo paper isn't exactly going to be the future of photography. But the, the ship was so hard to turn they had because they had beaten Polaroid. You know, Polaroid was their biggest competitor. They, they beat them. Polaroid was now almost out of business. And Kodak was one of the most respected companies in the world at the time. But they got complacent and... You know, basically the digital format kind of took over, especially in recent years when when all, all of our photos are on our phones now, right? So a good idea can still be great as long as the staff fight the risk of complacency. Good ideas need to adapt, just like we uh, we as people need to adapt and learn to improve. Um, other books like Built to Last and Good to Great have had similar results. Those books, every 10 years or so, you'll get another one of these books that list all of these fantastic, great companies. And if you look at them 10 years later, 20 years later, you'll kind of see kind of the same results. So the point is, is that the success of these companies can often lead to their downfall if they don't adapt quickly to the changes in the marketplace. And one of the reasons that my company did so well with our presentation skills class is that our classes were created at a time when presentations were changing dramatically and quickly. So since we were small, we experimented with new technology. The things that worked well, we kept, and anything that didn't work well, we got rid of. So we were adapting quickly to the changes in the, the market. The larger companies couldn't do that. So I think this is a good stopping point for this episode, and we'll continue with uh, four through seven of these ways to avoid getting complacent and uh, improve your success. We'll do that next week, though. We'll see you next week. Bye, y'all.